All right, welcome in, welcome in, outsiders. The time has finally come for the NFL draft that kicks off. We're recording this Tuesday, April 25th here, the evening of, so just a little over 48 hours away. And what better way to celebrate than doing a big group mock draft here with the guys, Ben Mandel, Dylan Mel, Corey Jason, I'm Ryan Ballet, your host. And, I mean, look, we got some news to talk about. One big quarterback trade finally happened. And, of course, it's the week we have this big mock draft episode. So we're going to touch on that and some other points of interest that happened over the past week as we go through talking about all these teams. Uh, And a couple of teams that don't have a first-round pick, teams like the Broncos, the Rams, the Browns, the Dolphins, the 49ers, what their plans could be over the course of the back end of this week. But we took our four names – we randomized them as it happened. I got the Colts. Dylan got both Eagles picks. Corey will be picking for the Giants. But Corey's name was drawn first. He has the first overall pick. So, Corey, I want you to go ahead, put your Carolina Panthers hat on, and tell us. I was thinking a lot of different ways. The Panthers made that big trade to get up to the number one overall pick. And, you know, everybody wants them to go QB. Are they a QB away? No, there's other things that they need. They need a tight end. Maybe Dalton Kincaid, somebody I go here. But I'm going to go QB, Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. No thought about Will Levis here. Uh, Earlier today here on Tuesday, his uh, Vegas odds, I guess, jumped from 4,000 to about 400 to being the first overall pick. No, I think Will Levis is pretty trash. I know I've said it week in and week out here. I just... I, I couldn't do that. Will Levis is destined to go to a team not named the Panthers. Yeah, with Corey as GM, it seems to be that that is the case. But apparently Will Levis has come out and said that the Panthers are taking him number one overall. I would be completely surprised by that. I would definitely lean towards Corey here and go Bryce Young number one overall. Well, I'm praying that Will Levis isn't even an option for Chris Bowden and the Colts to take at four. But Dylan, with Bryce Young off the board now, You're in control down in Houston. Where are you going with the Texans? Yeah, Ryan, this is a team that one of my roommates actually is a fan of, believe it or not. Not sure how that quite happened for him, but they're actually a team that I somewhat have some stake in just in terms of I actually care who they pick in this draft. So I was happy to see that I got this pick and me and my roommate are in agreement here. He's a Texans fan. I'm not, but we both think that they should avoid quarterback in this draft, especially with next year, Caleb Williams coming out, do another year of Davis mills and possibly be back in the top five again next year. But with that said, who do you take here with the number two overall pick? You got to take a guaranteed stud. You bring in the defensive head coach of D'Amico Ryan's. You said this word for word verbatim on my podcast, Ryan, D'Amico Ryans takes his Nick Bosa and drafts Will Anderson out of Alabama. That's where I'm going here as well. Yep, I think as we inch closer to the draft, it's becoming more and more the popular theory. Houston, especially if Bryce Young does go one, that they are going to avoid quarterback, at least at the number two spot. Yeah, I, I do agree with you guys here. I think that the big thing for Houston is they have the defensive head coach. And while Matt Rule wasn't necessarily a defensive head coach, what did he do when he got to Carolina? They didn't necessarily have the quarterback, but he went and loaded up on the defensive side of the ball. And look at how that team is positioned now. When you have a defensive head coach like D'Amico Ryans, the offense has plenty to figure out before they go and think about competing. 
the quarterback, yes, you have to figure it out. But if you don't think that your guy is there this year, go take a stun on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I also – I really like this pick. I think Davis Mills has shown a little bit. Not that he's terribly good or anything, but he's he seemed to be serviceable. The Texans are in a pretty tough division. Tough not so much as good, but more like all four teams could compete for the title type of tough. And uh, I think going in edge is a smart move here, especially if you don't love any of the quarterbacks. And there's a good chance they'll be back in this spot next year when the QB class, and the draft class as a whole is a little better. So this is a, one of the safest picks in the draft. And I think it's a good one. The Cardinals are the favorites to be the first team to trade out of their spot, but no trades here in this mock draft. They're staying put at three. Ben, how are you kicking off the Arizona rebuild? Yeah, I think that, Arizona is very trendy to trade out a number three because as you guys have seen so far, we have a quarterback off the board already. Arizona doesn't really need one, whether you think they might or not. Look, Kyler Murray's the guy going forward into this season. So you have to think they are not taking a quarterback. Well, Will Anderson, in my opinion, would have been the best available player had Dylan not taken them for the Houston Texans. So I'm going to go to Georgia Bulldogs defensive tackle, Jalen Carter. This guy's an absolute game wrecker up the middle. He is someone who a lot of people thought maybe could go number one overall, especially after we saw uh, what happened last year with Walker. So definitely a good pick, I think, to go with Jalen Carter for the Arizona Cardinals. Get someone, a big body, right in the middle of that defense that can make an impact right away. One thing I want to mention, I thought about this earlier today before we get to my pick for the Colts because not much will need to be said there. But the Cardinals, I think, could be an interesting team that they trade down from three with a team like the Titans. They're a team rumored to be moving up. But then remember a couple years ago, Miami traded down with San Francisco and then back up for Jalen Waddell. I could see Arizona doing something like that. They have a couple guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker that could likely get traded. Those could be pieces moved to move back up, maybe with a team like the Lions at six. Yeah, I think this is a very strong possibility to trade for Arizona. Uh, I mean, look, I was looking at who would fit their roster the best, and it just doesn't seem like they have that glaring need and a player that fits it right off the bat. So trading back does seem like the best move. But again, when you can land a talent like, let's say, a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter, if those guys are available and Gannon thinks that those are guys who are going to help them win and compete in a better way this season, I think he pulls the trigger and they don't trade back. Yeah, for sure. So getting to the Colts here now, it has to be a quarterback. I'm hoping it's anyone besides Will Levis. I have the power here to make it C.J. Stroud. He's fallen here to four. That's who I've been saying the Colts should get for months. That's who I've wanted. He's going to be able to come in and finally stabilize this position, unlike how it's been since Andrew Luck had the surprise retirement in the preseason. I mean, I got nothing else to say here. C.J. Stroud is the pick. Corey, starting off another round here. You have Seattle at the fifth spot. This is the pick they have from the Denver Broncos still from that big Russell Wilson trade a year ago. Yeah, and this is an interesting one. So far, the first four picks went pretty much exactly as I expected. And I'm going to look to shake things up a bit because Seattle made that trade when they sent Russell Wilson to Denver because Russell was getting up there in age and they need a quarterback. Seattle has two first-round picks this year. I think 
they let Gino rock. I know he just got that extension, but there's a supremely talented quarterback out there. And I think with his skill set, you run to the podium because Gino Smith is not somebody that stops you from getting the future. So I'm going to be taking the quarterback from Florida, Anthony Richardson, and Seattle's going to be stacked at the QB position for at least a decade to come from this. I absolutely love that pick, Corey. Um, in every one of my mock drafts so far, that's where I've been going with Seattle too. Geno's extension isn't long-term, and having a quarterback that has the talent but just needs to be groomed a little bit, sit behind him, is a perfect recipe for success. Again, I'm not expecting this to be the outcome, but look at what the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. Had a ton of raw talent coming out and had him sit behind a gamer like Alex Smith. This is the same formula here. Am I projecting Anthony Richardson to be Patrick Mahomes? No. But if you're really trying to increase this guy's ceiling, this is the way to do it. Put him in a good system with a great developmental coach like Pete Carroll and have him sit behind a guy like Geno Smith, who's a veteran in this league and has really grown his game as well. He can pass some of those tips to Richardson. Love the pick, Corey. Yeah, Corey, fantastic pick. I think Richardson is a very underrated prospect in this draft. I think teams learned from missing out on Lamar. Now, I think that Richardson has a an arm that is 10 times better and stronger than Lamar's. But a lot of teams passed on Lamar because they thought the injuries were going to be a big problem. Lamar has proven he's a superstar, and a lot of teams are mad that they passed up on him because everybody pretty much did before Baltimore went and snagged him late in the first round. So I think a lot of teams are going to learn from that, and we'll see a team like Seattle go and get Richardson. Now, according to us, this is the third quarterback off the board. I think he could be the best out of these three quarterbacks. Yeah, I said when I was on Dylan's show running up the score last week, we also, I believe, had Anthony Richardson going to Seattle at five earlier in the offseason prior to Richardson's uh, strong showing out at the Combine. I loved his fit with Seattle with their 20th pick, but his stock just rose so far. But he still ends up in Seattle thanks to that fifth pick. But Dylan, you have, as the randomizer shaked out, you have both Lions picks. So first off here at six the pick they got from the Rams in the Stafford trade. Yeah. And I really think that that works out in terms of just how this mock draft works, because, you know, it'd be kind of quirky if I was the lions for pick six. And one of you guys was the lions for pick 18 and had a different envisionment of your draft board here. I get to be the lions GM all the way through. And I think the lions told you what they want to do with their first pick based on a previous trade that they made this off season they freed up the cornerback position, right? You brought in Cam Sutton. You brought in, um, I'm losing my train of thought here real quick, uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson. Um, but they still have another cornerback slot open. Gardner-Johnson's more of a nickel slash safety type player. Cam Sutton can do one side, but I think they want to get their cornerback one of the future. And here I'm going with Devin Witherspoon to the Detroit Lions. I think this guy's a stud, and I think this draft board falls exactly how Detroit sees it, which is what gave them the flexibility to make that move and trade Jeff Okuda earlier this offseason. And moving on to the Raiders here at seven, they're another team rumored to be moving up. They're in the quarterback market despite signing Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. Ben, where are you taking the Raiders here? Yeah, so uh, the Raiders are another team that I think they're confused still in terms of what they're doing and what direction they're going to go. Now, 
Look, one of the things that you need to do if you are the Las Vegas Raiders is shore up the defensive backfield. The secondary has been the biggest issue for these guys. I know Wertherspoon uh, was going to be the guy I wanted to take for them. Instead, I'm going to go over to Christian Gonzalez. I think Gonzalez is a guy who definitely can come in, make an impact early. I know, you know, cornerbacks out of Oregon aren't necessarily the ones that you love to jump at. His size isn't great, but, you know, still 6'1". His length is solid. He's got the speed to keep up, and I think he is the most NFL-ready of the cornerbacks in this draft. Yeah, and I know Corey was saying earlier that the draft was going how he expected. This was my first you've got to be kidding me moment as a general manager because Gonzalez is a guy that I was eyeing up with the Eagles at 10 and it hurts even more because that's my team. Yeah. Moving on. I got Atlanta here at eight. This is again, another team that is rumored. They might want to trade down uh, stockpile some more draft picks, but again, no trades here. So I'm going to have them going with uh, someone down on the defensive front. This was where I went uh, again on Dylan's show last week. I had them taking Miles Murphy here, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to get some payback for Dylan here. Ben took Christian Gonzalez. I'm going to take one of Ben's Georgia guys. I'm going to go Nolan Smith here. Ben said, I believe, last week in the podcast, great run defender. He's quick. And Atlanta, they retooled their secondary this offseason. They're going to try and attack the front of that defense now with a guy like Nolan Smith, an absolute athletic freak. Yeah, I love Nolan Smith. And again, look, pass rush techniques are a lot easier to teach than stopping the run. So and even if he is just a run defender, that's still a first two down player. This is someone who could play in short yardage. And again, someone who can make an immediate impact on a roster. There's a spot for him. I think that's a good pick there, Ryan. A little early for Nolan Smith to my liking, but a good one. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think it's a little early for Nolan Smith. He's a really solid player, but I think if you want to put him on par with Miles Murphy, I still think there might be a better uh, defensive lineman on the board that you could have taken over him. But he's still a really solid player, and Atlanta needs all the solid players they can get. There's always, you know, those crazy moments in the draft. I'm surprised it kind of took us to pick number eight to get there. But, Corey, you got the Bears here at nine. They're a team that they had the first overall pick. They have the big trade down, got a lot out of it. Who do you have them taking here? This is the first pick that I don't want to say didn't go my way, just left me with a bit of question marks on who I'm going to take. I was thinking maybe O-line or edge. That's really where my mind was. And I think with Justin Fields as your quarterback, you do need to protect him like bad and he was running for his life last year. So I think I'm going to take Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from Ohio State. He's going to be a mainstay on that offensive line and keep Fields up upright for years to come. Yeah, at the end of the day, that's definitely the direction I see Chicago going. Uh, they brought in some big-time defensive free agents. They have some weapons for Fields. Fields himself is a weapon. Time to build a line in front of him. But Dylan... You're in control of your Eagles here as well. Both picks he said about controlling both the Lions picks. You got Philly's full first draft, but your boy Christian Gonzalez is off the board. How do you pivot? Both of the cornerback ones, in my opinion, Witherspoon and Gonzalez off the board here. That's definitely the position I would have gone um, if one of those guys had been available. But 
here we are, pick 10, and they're not available. Of course, there's the rumors of Bijan Robinson to the Philadelphia Eagles at this pick. I don't see them going running back at 10. They've always been a running back by committee team. It feels pretty high for me. Um, there's now rumors coming around about Jackson Smith and Jigma, you know, but they did just bring in Zacchaeus. They have uh, Quez Watkins. I just don't see the Eagles going that way. I think the Eagles stick to their formula and they take a guy at 10 in the trenches. Now, which side do I want to go? I could go defensive lineman. I could go Miles Murphy, or I could even go down to Tyree Wilson. Those are two excellent edge pieces, but here for me, the pick's obvious. I'm taking Peter Skaronsky. This is a guy who could play guard, tackle. Hell, he could even play center if you need him to. And the Eagles have a little bit older of an offensive line. They need some pieces to back up in this draft, and we'll see how that goes for them in the future with Skaronsky. All right, so Dylan goes with the offensive lineman there for Philly. So just to recap our top 10 here, uh, Corey kicked things off, Bryce Young to Carolina. Dylan had the Texans avoiding the quarterback position, at least at the number two spot, go Will Anderson. Ben had Jalen Carter to Arizona. I had CJ Stroud to Indianapolis. Cycling back, Anthony Richardson to Seattle, Devin Witherspoon to Detroit, Christian Gonzalez, another corner, back-to-back off to Las Vegas, Nolan Smith, Stays in state going to the Atlanta Falcons and then a couple offensive linemen, Paris Johnson to Chicago, Skaronsky to Philly, and Ben to Tennessee for the Titans pick at 11. Ryan, this draft has already turned into a favorable one if it plays out like this for you because the Colts not only get CJ Stroud, but they don't get stuck with Levis. So, that, would you say that's a double whammy? That's that's a home run already in my book. Are you about to hit a grand slam? I was going to say, is it going to be a grand slam when the Tennessee Titans not only draft Will Levis here, but they don't need to trade up to get him? Now, that would be the grand slam, them giving up. Yeah, if they had to give up assets in order to trade up so they could try to jump the Colts for Will Levis. But I I have the Tennessee Titans here at 11 in our draft taking Will Levis. I think they need a quarterback. And I think, you know, while I don't necessarily personally believe he is the best available one, I think it's pretty clear the top three are Young, Stroud, and Richardson. And Will Levis is behind. Now, I don't understand the appeal. He is older than all of these other quarterbacks that we're seeing outside of Hendon Hooker and Stetson Bennett. Uh, he's He's got some size, but uh, the natural ability just doesn't seem to be there. The field vision wasn't there when I've seen him play. Mayo and the coffee, as Ryan likes to uh, point out, every single chance he gets. And the banana but, peel now. Yeah, I, I don't love Levis, but teams really seem to think there's something about him. I can't ignore that. And I mean, look, if you're the Tennessee Titans, who else are you going to take? You need a quarterback. You go take Levis. Will Levis is Zach Wilson 2.0. That's it. Yeah, I mean, to me, Will Levis gets all the hate that Daniel Jones got coming out of college, except every single bit of hate he gets is actually accurate and true. You know, you know, the saying when there's smoke, there's fire, right? We had all this information that Levis might even be the number one overall pick or the top two pick. He's going high. When there's smoke, there's fire. But when there's fire, there's a building burning down, and that's what's going to happen when your team takes Will Levis. Burn the franchise down. 
terrible, terrible quarterback. I'd be shocked if he makes it more than two years as a starter before getting benched or even cut. Yep, the Titans' house is burning down, and I'm standing across the street in my nicest suit. But I got Houston's pick at 12 here, and Dylan, you have you in line to have both Lions picks, both Eagles picks, but not both Texans picks. So I hope I'm in line with your overall thinking here. I'm avoiding a quarterback again. No Hendon Hooker. I'm going to go get Davis Mills a weapon here. I'm going back to Ohio State where Corey just went a couple picks ago. I'm going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba, JSN as I like to call him. He'll be, you know, they traded away Brandon Cooks. He's a complete wide receiver to come in, you know, whether it's Davis Mills this year, Caleb Williams or someone else next year, whoever it is, he could be, you know, you think Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, JSN could be the next guy down in Houston. Great pick, Ryan. Uh, no, I probably should have let Dylan jump in here first because, you know, Kotex and GM's here. But I just wanted to say it's a good pick. You need to get the offensive weapons. If you're going to go wait a year and try to get Caleb Williams next year, which seems to be a trendy pick for a couple of teams now, so you will have some competition. But if you're able to go get a quarterback, even if you don't get Caleb Williams and you want to go sign someone, if you have a young weapon, that's at least something to entice someone to want to come play in Houston. Yeah, Ben, I agree. I think that it's a, a good choice there by Ryan. Um, JSN's a real do-it-all kind of receiver, you know, in an ironic kind of way where I always, my comparisons, I shouldn't be an NFL draft guy on TV because my comparisons are always the stars and the moon above what anybody could reach. But to me, JSN feels similar to Cooper cup. When he first came out, he's a guy that could really do it all. He's a zone beater. I like him underneath. And I think whether you go Davis mills, get a rookie quarterback next year, or even you were to perhaps get a veteran quarterback this year where, you know, Lamar Jackson's still on the table and Houston's got money this would be a weapon that could entice him to come there as well. The defense there, you know, maybe that's just me uh, going off in fantasy land, but no matter what, I think these two picks can align for Houston, regardless of the direction, if they were to happen to be win now and get Lamar or if they're playing the long game. So good job as a co-Texans GM, Ryan. Yes. Excellent job as well. Yeah. This, this one, uh, I think is just a really, really solid pick. You get an absolute playmaker in Jackson Smith and Jigba. And honestly, you, you may have shaken up the draft board for some other teams here, but it's a really solid pick that I think uh, really makes a lot of sense for the Texans. I'm interested to see how a Davis Mills could use a, a talent like JSN, but uh, I think uh, D'Amico Ryan can get the most out of anybody. Yeah, Dylan, you mentioned a minute ago, Lamar Jackson's still available out there. But the Aaron Rodgers trade finally happened, and part of that trade, amongst a bunch of you know second-round picks that may or may not be able to turn into a first-round pick, was the Jets and Packers switching their picks here in this first round. So the Jets were at 13. They're now at 15. The Packers move up. Corey, it's Jordan Love's season. It's a new era. Where do you have Green Bay going here? Do they finally draft a receiver now with Rodgers out of town? I mean, they were until you took Jackson Smith <laughs> and Jigba. They were gonna. I mean, you can see the headlines now. 
Packers ship Rodgers out and then they finally draft a first round wide receiver. But since that dream is dead, my Green Bay Packers will be selecting the number one player on our big board. We are going best player available. We are going Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas Tech. Beef up that defense because we all know Jordan Love needs a good defense and not protection at all. You know, uh, you say Jackson Smith and Jigba's gone, so wide receiver is all out of the window. I don't necessarily agree. I think Quentin Johnston is definitely someone the Packers might look to add because, I mean, if they're not going to get an elite pass catcher, what's the next best thing? Some freak athlete who can run. You have got to be kidding me. I had it all lined up for the Patriots pick, Corey. I thought, no way is he going Tyree Wilson. Yeah, maybe he'll go Quentin Johnson. Hell, maybe he'll he'll even reach and go on a tight end here, Dalton Kincaid. Neither crossed my mind. Yeah, of course, they, of course they did not. Uh, unreal. And, you know, this must be what it feels like to be a GM on draft day when you get sniped. You know, we all know the fantasy football feeling, but – this one just stings a little bit more as I've been the Patriots general manager for about three minutes here. Yep, we are having fun here on the Outsider Sports Mock Draft episode. This is this is what I've been waiting for. Time for the screw jobs here. Dylan, do your best, son. New England's always one of those unpredictable picks. I mean, they took Cole Strange. That was a strange pick last year. Where do you have them going now in the wake of Tyree Wilson, who I'm surprised ended up falling this far for us? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to let the train go completely off the rails. Thankfully, there is another edge rusher that is available. I'm going to take Miles Murphy out of Clemson. I think he's a fine player. Um, You know, cat's out of the bag. I definitely prefer Tyree Wilson to him. But New England needs help on that line. And I think on the edge specifically, Miles Murphy should be a fine player for them. But Tyree Wilson, in my opinion, is a great above as a prospect. Yeah, get a running mate for Matt Judon up there. Ben, we all ended up with our teams, but you still get to take picks for a couple of New York teams. Where do you have the Jets going here now that they're at 15 after the Rodgers trade? So with the Jets pick, I think the Jets have a fairly complete roster. But there are two guys who I would be looking at here if I were them. The one that I'm going to take is on the offensive side of the ball. And he's an offensive lineman, and I think he's the third best tackle in this draft, and it's Broderick Jones out of Georgia. This may be a little early, but we ha- this is a draft where the tackles aren't necessarily at the top of the round. I think you have three, four, maybe five first-round talents at tackle in this one. I think Broderick Jones needs a little bit of work, but he might be someone that the Jets can slide into that offensive line and play in front of Aaron Rodgers. Who knows how to read a defense as well as anybody? Uh, if you're Broderick Jones, you, there's no thinking involved. If you're playing with Aaron Rodgers, just do what he tells you to do. Ben, this is not early at all. This is a perfect pick for the Jets. I think if the Jets stayed at 13, this would still be the pick for them. I think he's a fantastic fit for them. They need offensive line help. Rodgers is up there in age. Just protect Rodgers. You don't really have any other holes you need to fill, especially with where you're picking right now. I think that's a fantastic pick right there. Thank you, Corey. And by early, I do want to clarify, I think it's more just the tackles in this draft are viewed as not necessarily top 10, more 10 to 25 picks. 
So for Broderick Jones, I think, again, in terms of the tackles, he definitely fits here. It's just I think he needs a little bit of work. Well, just can't afford a project piece right now. They're pushing all the chips into the middle of the table here, especially after the Rodgers trade. But I'm uh, unfortunately in control in Washington. Um, I think we have more concerning needs than the 16th overall pick right now, but that's where my attention is going to be. I'm not going to take him here, but one player I love the fit here is Joey Porter Jr. And I'm going to stay in the secondary. I think that's where Washington has to focus here. Uh, Offensively, they want to run it with Sam Howell. I'm okay with that. Their offensive line's okay. We can address that later. They have some good weapons at receiver and running back. Defensively, they still have one of the better defensive fronts in the entire NFL, but the secondary needs some help. I'm going to go with an enforcer, a high IQ guy, Brian Branch, the safety slash slot guy, kind of hybrid player from Alabama. You can generally not go wrong with Alabama players, especially in the first round, especially Washington taking them. They like to stockpile them there. I, I don't hate the pick. My issue is safety is kind of like the running back of the defense. The positional value, especially in the draft, seems to be not as high. So a lot of good safeties tend to fall to the second round. And honestly, Brian Branch is somebody I can see falling a little bit too during the uh, the draft on Thursday. So, I mean, it's a good pick. It's a great fit. I just think that safeties will fall and you could have possibly gotten a better caliber player on the defensive side but overall it's still a good fit and a very good player just to piggyback off you there Corey, i i agree i think you look at the giants the last two alabama safeties they've taken both early second round picks that fell to them and that's landon collins and xavier mckinney both of whom were great on uh, mckinney still at this point but landon collins who was great on his rookie deal as well yeah, I want to point out that, you know, we're not doing trades, so perhaps Washington in this spot could be a trade-down candidate if Branch was the guy that they wanted, maybe accumulate an additional second or third round pick for a team that wants to come up. You know, some names on the board still is Bijan Robinson, you know. I talked about him at 10, maybe one of those teams that's contending for a title, but feels they're running back away, makes a move to swap with Washington. But uh, I like Brian Branch. I think it was a solid pick. And when you come out of an SEC school, you know he knows how to play defense, especially under Nick Saban. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, great points all around by, you know, especially with the the value of the safety position. I think Branch a little more versatile. And we saw Kyle Hamilton go in the first round as well just a year ago to Baltimore. A similar kind of style of play, I guess. But uh, Corey, Pittsburgh at 17. Where do you have them going? Pittsburgh's an interesting case. I could be going offensive line or I could be going skill position. And that is where I'm going to end up going. I'm going to reunite Kenny Pickett with his old college wide receiver, Jordan Addison from their pit days. I just think that's a, you know, a, a perfect mesh together. Two guys that are used to each other that know each other's tendencies. You're not going to have to worry about their connection and their, you know, uh, chemistry together. That's already there. So you skip a lot of that awkwardness and that, you know, that ability to feel out for each other. So I think they're going to make the Steelers a lot better together. All right, Dylan, you have your first shot here to complete your vision, at least here for Detroit, their second first round pick. Yeah, Ryan, uh, I'm getting a little tired of drafting behind Corey. Um, My vision had Jordan Addison going to 
the Detroit Lions, especially with the Jamison Williams news, figured they could definitely use an additional weapon um, as a team that I think is going to be contending for that division. But, you know, now I'm in between a rock and a hard place because personally me as a general manager, I'm not a fan of Quentin Johnson. I think that he's got some nice intangibles, but I don't. I wouldn't be drafting him. Zay Flowers seems like a reach. I would consider trading back here if I was Detroit. However, not the case. So I'm going to stick to the defensive side of the ball and try and beef up that defensive line. And a player's name that I haven't learned yet. So if one of you guys wants to help me out, out of Pittsburgh, I'm going to go with Cansey here, the defensive lineman. You know, I like a lot of what I'm seeing. I could really sure up their run defense. I believe it's Kalijah Cansey. Yeah, I think Corey might might know that one as well. I, I agree with you though on Quentin Johnston. The big thing with him, he's fast, but he he's like another John Ross in my opinion. He's fast, but he can't really catch the ball, and he's way too inconsistent. I mean, I see him. I, I saw him in the playoff games against Michigan, just like clapping his hands to try and catch the ball. So I'm also not too high on Quentin Johnston, despite the speed. Yeah, Dylan, I want to throw out here before we move on to the next pick. I have my own personal mock draft is going to go up on our website, Outsider Sports on that Thursday morning. I have Kalijah Cansey to Detroit here at 18, doubling down on the defensive side of the ball. I'm a big fan of his. I'm interested to see where he does end up. Some comparisons you mentioned earlier about placing comps that are high among the stars. Aaron Donald is one, another undersized kind of interior lineman coming out of Pittsburgh. The narrative is certainly there for Cansey. Hopefully that doesn't overshadow what I think could be a good career. But Ben, you have an interesting team here at 19 with the Bucks, a team that, you know, you have Tom Brady retires, Devin White wants out. They win this division last year, but is that really something to celebrate the way it looked and how it ended? No, it's not. And I mean, look, you you go for it as long as you have Tom Brady under center so you understand it. With this pick, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to maybe move up, but I don't see them having the assets to do so. I think they're going to want to retain their picks. They're going to end up taking the tackle out of Tennessee, Darnell Wright. Uh, They need a tackle. The offensive line has been a huge problem for them. And then they go and lose uh, Donovan Smith this offseason as well, who's been their longtime left tackle and one of the mainstays. So you need a tackle. Darnell Wright is the way to go. He's the best available one left and solid guy. He was good in Tennessee this past year, especially 6'5", 330. He brings the size. Don't love him in the running game. Don't love him in the passing game. But I think overall he can grow into something nice, especially if Tampa Bay ends up being a good situation. I The book's not necessarily out on them yet. We're still we're still trying to figure out if Todd Bowles can be a head coach because I don't think so. Yep. It's generally safe to go offensive line here. It's always a, a position group you can continue to plug some talent in. But Seattle here at the second first-round pick, 20th overall, Corey had them take Anthony Richardson at the top to kind of develop and sit along. I'm going to take a guy that they can plug in right from the start and help them. Seattle, obviously, they're most well-known in this era, this modern age of football for the Legion of Boom. I I mentioned when I had the last pick for Washington, Joey Porter Jr.'s name. I'm going to have Seattle take him. He fits the mold. He's He has a big, strong build. That's his 
kind of expertise is pressing and jamming receivers at the line, being tough with them. It can also be his drawback with those pesky pass interference calls these days. That will vary from game to game how the referees want to call it. But I have Joey Porter here uh, along with uh, Tariq Woolen kind of starting to put those pieces back together for a new age. So, Corey, you're up next with the Chargers at 21. The Chargers is a team that I even right now as I'm speaking, I don't know who I'm going to say at the end of this sentence because I really, really, really want to go Bijan Robinson. I think Austin Eckler's on his way out. I think adding Bijan Robinson would be a fantastic addition to an already, you know, superb offense with a lot of really talented players. But I just can't justify it. I, I just can't wrap my mind around and justify it, especially this early in a draft. And that's why I'm going to take cornerback from Maryland, Deontay Banks. I think bolstering up that secondary when you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes is always way more important than adding another skill position, especially on a team that has a couple already. Corey, I, you know, I was just saying to myself, boy, oh boy, Deontay Banks is a really good player to still be available. I think that, yes, Witherspoon and Gonzalez are the top two corners, but I think Deontay Banks' size makes him so appealing. He has the length, the athleticism. He is a terrific player. I know he can step slow sometimes when he's anticipating routes, and man, he can get a little bit carried away there. But I think with an NFL coaching staff – and a group that is supposed to be a defensive head coach with what they have there in Staley. I, I, I think it's a home run of a pick. If Deontay Banks is there and the other two corners are off the board, 100% that's where the Chargers should go. I want to make note here before we move on that in between that Seattle pick and the Chargers pick, that's where Miami would be picking they would have the 21st overall pick, but due to those tampering charges, they completely forfeited their first round pick. So only 31 picks here in the first round this year. But uh, Dylan, you got Baltimore right now sitting at the 22nd overall pick. Yeah. And, um, you know, as we do these mock drafts, you kind of learn about the stretch of players that might be going in a certain range that maybe you didn't think of just because you weren't focused on a certain team. But back-to-back cornerbacks right before the Baltimore pick has got to be absolutely brutal for the Ravens fans listening because that's where I was going to go originally. I had Joey Porter marked down, picked. Then I was like, all right, I'll go Deontay Banks, picked. Now it's, do I want to go Emmanuel Forbes and feel like I'm reaching a little bit? I'm not so sure. Instead, I think with Baltimore, I'm going to go to the defensive line, and I'm going to take Lucas Van Ness here out of Iowa. I love defensive linemen, especially edges out of the Big Ten. I think this kid's going to be a quality NFL player, and Baltimore's got a couple holes on the defensive end there that I just wanted to go best player available. They brought in Odell. There's some rumors that Lamar is going to sign a long-term deal, but I like that their weapons already with Odell. Mark Andrews, Rashad Bateman, no need to try and jump and get a Quinton Johnson here. So I'm going to go Lucas Van Ness. All right, back-to-back purple teams. Ben, you have the Vikings at 23. You know, Dylan, you would have made my life a lot easier if you had just taken Quinton Johnston because I, I really believe that he is not one of the best wide receivers in this draft. 
But the problem is, I think the Vikings, if they are in this spot, would take him. Now, me personally, I would take Zay Flowers over Johnston. But for the sake of this mock draft and for the sake of this, Quentin Johnston is the better value in terms of the way teams are looking at it. So I'm going to go Quentin Johnston to the Vikings. I think they need another wide receiver. Adam Thielen's done. You get a speedy guy to pair up there with uh, Justin Jefferson, it's something that they can move around. There's not all the pressure in the world for him to go out there and make plays. And, I mean, what do you know? It can't hurt to add another weapon for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I could definitely see them going receiver here as well, whether it's Quinn Johnson or, like you said, Zay Flowers. I like the fit. I like the pick. It's just wide receiver isn't what kept the Vikings from winning. And we're getting to the part of the draft where – Pretty much everybody available is not a first-round talent, especially in a weak draft like we have here. So I, I see the uh, the appeal of Quentin Johnston. I just I just think that adding a wide receiver when the reason the Vikings lost was because their defense couldn't stop anybody, their pass rush wasn't getting home. It's just a tough it's a tough thing to sell to the fans, but I do think that this pick will make them better. Yep, rolling on here. So I had I had made the pick for the Colts at four, the Texans pick at twelve. I'm staying in the AFC South. I'm a frequent flyer down here. Jacksonville here at twenty-four. This might be a bit of a reach, but again, this is something we see. So this is more of a an exercise in trying to actually predict something rather than I think about fit or anything. But Brian Breesy, the interior defensive lineman from Clemson. That's why I have going to Jacksonville here. They have Trevon Walker, first overall pick last year. Josh Allen down there as a uh, bookend edge rusher. So here's a guy they tried, uh, Taven Bryan, a number of years ago. Didn't really pan out. So they'll go back to that well, that interior defensive front. Brian Breesy from Clemson for Jacksonville. Uh, Corey, you get to make the pick for your Giants here at 25 with uh, <clears throat> Zay Flowers still on the board. Yeah, I'm kind of imagining Joe Shane just dancing to the phone to call it in, just out of his mind excited to get Zay Flowers and Giants Blue. I think that's the type of player that'll just blossom under Brian Dayball's offense. Him and Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka worked with Tyreek Hill, who's a very good comp to Zay Flowers based on size and speed. Flowers is a raw prospect, but I think somebody that could really – stand to work with the type of offense that the Giants will be running. So I am taking Zay Flowers. I think I would be pretty happy if he fell this far on a Thursday to the Giants. I think he's a very solid prospect that I'm excited to have here. All right, Dill, I'm going to ask you to do your best here. I had to do it twice, but you're going to have to draft for a division rival here with the Dallas Cowboys at 26. It's a, it's a tough seat to be in, especially with Jerry Jones breathing down my neck, looking at B. John Robinson on the draft board, running back out of Texas. You know, that's a, that's a tough one to convince Jerry to move out of. But, you know, the Cowboys did just give Tony Pollard all that money. I have a feeling that Ezekiel Elliott will be back with the team on a cheaper deal. So I'm going to lean away from running back here. And like something Corey said earlier, we're at the point in the draft where we're looking at why these teams didn't win the Super Bowl. And it wasn't running game for the Cowboys. Tony Pollard was very excellent for them. So they got to look somewhere else. And they brought in Stephon Gilmore, so I'm ruling out secondary here. You want to look at the defensive line? Sure, maybe, but you still have Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons who rushes. 
this team did just lose Dalton Schultz this offseason. We're at 26, and like Corey said, it's not the greatest draft class, so you're going to take what you need, and they need a tight end. They trade one Dalton for another, bringing in Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. Our first tight end finally goes off the board. I was just quietly thinking to myself, surely one of these guys will be gone by here. But Yeah, I think that there are three really solid tight ends in this draft that I think not necessarily first-round talents, but are top 40 picks. And Dalton Kincaid, while he was one of them, may not have been my favorite. And no, it is not the Georgia guy. But I think Dalton Kincaid to the Cowboys, certainly a good move. Although I don't see Jerry passing up on Bijan Robinson if he's there. I'm sorry, Zeke, you're gone. Yeah, Ben, I'm not sure if I see Bijan making it there before another team. Perhaps that may be coming up to draft were to just trade up if they had that opportunity earlier, as I mentioned. Um, You know, it was tough as the GM to convince Jerry not to make me go Bijan, but uh, I was able to do it. I still don't love Bijan to the Cowboys. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You have so many holes. I get running back was an issue, but you you have no tight end now on your roster. Peyton Andershot's a nobody. You you lost Dalton Schultz. I like the Kincaid pick. I think that's exactly who they should pick, even with Bijan on the board, because it just makes sense. You can get a running back later. But the tight end draft class is a lot weaker and more top-heavy where a talent like this isn't going to make it around again in another round. You can get somebody later at the running back spot that's a lot more that might make it a lot more durable too. So I really like this pick, and I think they should pass on Bijan. All right, rolling on here, Ben. You are picking for the supposed powerhouse Bills. Not a lot of weaknesses on their roster. Where do you have them going? Well, like Dylan said, I also don't think he necessarily falls this far, but Bijan Robinson has to be going to Buffalo if he is available. This is a team that, like you said, not too many holes. They are one big playmaker away from being on par with the Kansas City Chiefs. And this offense, I think if you add a Bijan Robinson, you all of a sudden help add a running game, and that will take a huge weight off Josh Allen's shoulders. You think turnovers were a problem? Give them a running game, and let's see if they're necessarily a problem still. Another team uh, trying to make the case for being on par with Kansas City, the Cincinnati Bengals, I have them here at 28. They're a team that they could go a lot of different ways. I think defensively they can continue to build that and reload talent there. The offensive line, of course, you want to keep Joe Burrow up. I'm just not in love with some of the offensive line prospects at this point in the draft. So I'm going to go ahead and give them a tight end here. Now, in my mock draft, and I love the fit for Darnell Washington here, but that's anticipating that Michael Mayer would not be on the board here from Notre Dame. So that's the pick I'm going to go with. Michael Mayer is going to join Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and those playmakers there in the jungle. Yeah, I think Michael Mayer is the best tight end in this draft. I like him more than Dalton Kincaid, but I think Kincaid is also a very strong player. I like Michael Mayer's ability to not only make an impact in the running game, he doesn't necessarily look like he's the best blocker, but he's a pretty good one, and he is very, very dangerous. He's long, he's tough to cover in the middle, and definitely can be a matchup nightmare if you pair him with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. All right, coming up on the last couple picks here, the first round, we're going to send it over to Corey down in the bayou with the Saints. So this is an interesting, 
I love this is my favorite nugget of trivia. This pick originally belonged to San Francisco. They sent it to Miami in the trade that they uh, moved up for Trey Lance in 2021. Miami then this past season sends it to Denver for Bradley Chubb, who then a couple of months ago, Denver sends it to the Saints for the right tire, Sean Payton as their head coach, giving the Saints a first-round pick in this draft again after they moved up with Philly last year. And that's why Philly was picking all the way up at 10. But, Corey, the Saints finally on the clock at 29. Who you got for him? So this is where Bijan Robinson was going to go if he didn't go to the Bills or up there. I think uh, running back would have been a fun pick here. One of the two top tight ends would have been fun here. They're gone. So I'm going to go an edge rusher from Notre Dame, Isaiah Foskey. I think bolstering up that defense, adding a good pass rusher, something the Saints really need to do. Dylan, you got the second pick for the Eagles here in the first round. Once again, completing your vision for a team with two picks here. Where do you have your homegrown Eagles going here? Yeah, Ryan. And, uh, you know, some people on this panel may know who I'm going to pick. Some people may not have known who I was going to pick. But with my Philadelphia Eagles here, earlier we went offensive line. We got in the trenches. I wasn't willing to take a running back with B. John Robinson then. However, I'm willing to take a running back now at pick 30. The Eagles do have a pick earlier in the second round that they may be able to snag this guy, but I'm not going to take any chances. I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. This guy's got a little Alvin Kamara to him, and I think he would compliment Rashad Penny excellently for the Eagles. And by the time Rashad Penny gets hurt in week seven, Jameer Gibbs could be ready to be a three down back that's spelled by Kenny Gainwell every once in a while. Remember, the Eagles are just in a similar boat as the Bengals and Bills we just recently talked about. You're trying to fill the roster with pieces that push you over the top. Another skill position player, a three-down running back, an excellent pass catcher for the Eagles and Jameer Gibbs. I like this pick. It's a great pick, Dylan. And I'll tell you what, Gibbs is a fantastic running back. We've seen what Alabama running backs can do. They go out there, they make plays. They are difference makers right off the bat. Look at Derrick Henry in Tennessee, Najee Harris when he got to Pittsburgh. Uh, This is a very strong pick for the Eagles, and I think he might end up being fantastic. First round, way too early to pick a running back. Come on. We all know this song and dance now. All jokes aside, though, I think this is a really good pick for the Eagles. You had a legit playmaker somebody who I think might end up being better than Bijan Robinson, to be honest. And I think just adding him would hurt AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. It's going to be an electric offense. Just you got to hope that the offensive line can stay healthy. Cause that could be the only thing that really holds them back on that offensive side of the ball. Ah, Corey, but that's where my Peter Skaronsky pick from earlier comes into play. I was thinking two steps ahead already. Big brain moves. Dylan is out here playing chess while the rest of us are playing a fool's game, doing a mock draft. Ben, you have the last pick here in the first round for the Chiefs. The draft is in Kansas City. They just won the Super Bowl. I imagine a lot of fanfare is going to come from this pick to close out. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of ways that the Chiefs can go with this pick. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up going with the offensive tackle, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, but I actually think they're going to lean more towards the edge. 
And I think that they will pick Derek Hall out of Auburn, a pretty strong pass rusher. I think losing Frank Clark is going to influence this. Derek Hall to the Chiefs. So that wraps up round one here of our NFL mock draft. Now, we're not doing a round two, but I want to cheat a little bit because Miami forfeiting their pick, only 31 picks. It feels cruel to end without doing number 32. The Steelers have the 32nd overall pick. They'll kick off day two on Friday. They have this pick by virtue of the Chase Claypool trade massive fleece when i go back and look at it for pittsburgh they took claypool like mid-second had a great rookie year fell off and then they get essentially a first round pick they don't have the bells and whistles of a you know fifth year option and all that but listen if they don't go offensive line at 17 like Corey had them going uh jordan addison this is where i think you need to address the offensive line here uh, another guy, I love Jack Campbell out of Iowa. I talked about him last week on our favorite defensive prospect show. That's somewhere I could see Campbell going uh, if he doesn't end up sneaking up in the end of the first round. I mean, the further you get from first overall, just the more wild it could get. And it could get wild first overall as well this year. But last thing I want us to talk about here, I mentioned earlier the Broncos, Dolphins, Browns, 49ers, and Rams do not have a first-round pick for one reason or another. I want to key in on the Rams here for a second. The Broncos, Browns, Dolphins, and Niners, we're almost definitely not going to hear anything about them on Thursday night. The Rams, however, they have 36 overall in the that top of the second round. And Sean McVay, as long as he's been the coach of the Rams, they have not had a pick in the first round. Could you see the Rams trading up into the first round? at all i don't and the reason being is what we touched on if the rams are going to move up into this first round it's going to be a late first round pick and there just isn't this isn't a very good draft the talent isn't at the top it's more towards the middle that's where the strength of this draft is it's going to be late first round through probably the mid to late third round that's where you're probably going to see most of the value in this draft so i think if you're sean McVay and the rams you're gonna end up standing pat because there just isn't a lot of names you want to jump up and grab especially with the amount of holes on their roster they need to fill they have a lot more problems before trading up Trading up, to me, should only be if you are one piece away from winning or you need a quarterback. I think they should do the opposite of trading up. Trade back as often as you can. Just get more picks. Get more picks. The Rams are going to be bad. They're going to have a lot of holes. They're old. They're going to have their issues. Get as many uh, lottery tickets as you can for the next couple drafts. And maybe they'll be be able to get back to a respectable spot in football. But I don't see them trading up at all, especially into the first round. I just I just don't think it makes sense from their spot. Yeah, I tend to agree with Ben and Corey here um, in the sense of I wouldn't trade up. The Rams are kind of in a hellhole right now, as in the timeline for them to be good again to fill all those holes on their roster really doesn't fit Matt Stafford's timeline of still being a valuable NFL quarterback. Um the only way that I'd see them potentially trading up is if they were moving pieces like Aaron Donald or Cooper cup, which we haven't heard any rumblings of. So I don't see that quite happening, but Jalen Ramsey was moved from this team. So, you know, they made a direction in the terms of 
getting rid of some good now players. But again, we haven't heard any rumblings, but that'd be the only way that I'd see them moving up is in some shock or moving Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald or another really solid piece uh, off the team. Yeah, I'm sure chaos will ensue Thursday night. We had some trades last year, like Marquise Brown, A.J. Brown, uh, Buda Baker, Trey Lance, Derrick Henry are some rumors of being moved. And like you said, we haven't heard anything, but Aaron Donald keeps flirting with retirement or at least leaving the Rams. So who knows what's going to happen? You mentioned Buda Baker on the trade market, Derrick Henry, another guy on the trade market. You know, some of these teams with late first round picks, Buffalo, Cincinnati, could they be making a move for Derrick Henry? We've heard the Eagles around Buda Baker and Henry. You know, the Eagles got the 30th pick and they've got an early second round pick as well. Do not sleep on the Eagles moving that early second round pick for Buda Baker or Derrick Henry. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure chaos will ensue here, but that's going to do it for us tonight. We look forward to seeing this draft this week, and we look forward to being with you next week when we talk about what happened in the draft, not what we think could happen. So join us next week for our recap show of the draft and any other news that might happen. We're certain some sort of big trade will happen, but follow us on Instagram at Outsider Sports Network, on Twitter at Outsider Sports 3. Look us up on YouTube to listen to this podcast as well. Spotify, TikTok, search up Outsider Sports. Check out our website. We got great content for the NFL, the MLB, and NHL as the NHL ramps up their postseason. MLB is getting underway for their regular season. You can go check out our great content over there, outsidersports.net. But thank you for listening to another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Outsider Sports.